0: In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints, today's gospel lesson is weird. (laughs) At least when you first hear it, it's quite weird. It sounds crazy, in fact. You hear Jesus talk about what's going to happen to the earth when he returns at his final, his last advent. He reveals how creation itself is going to collapse And how it's going to crumble into all these pieces when he returns. And then he lists some signs that you'll see out in the universe. Signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars. And then he lists some signs that you'll see here on earth. Distress of nations. Perplexity because of the roaring of the sea. People waiting with fear and expectation for what's coming on the earth. That sort of thing. He lists how the ordered cosmos is going to give way to disorder and chaos. Now, I've studied this text quite a lot, to be honest, uh, since the end of the world is something that fascinates me. But in the studying of this text, I can't quite tell if the things that Jesus is listing in this text are reference to things that have been happening and things that are happening even now, or if they're unique signs that are reserved for the moments immediately when he returns, I don't know. It's a tough thing. Maybe it's a little of both. I mean, look, look at verse 26 there in the gospel lesson. It says, For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I've never seen that. Not ever. Is there shaking? Yeah. Is there earthquakes? Are there earthquakes? Of course. But this is something different. He says the powers of the heavens will be shaken. I don't think that's something we have ever seen or experienced before. On the other hand, we have seen the distress of nations, wars, the oceans foaming and roaring waves, wiping out a nation, the earth swallowing up cities, people fainting with fear. Have we seen those things? Yeah. Yeah. These sort of things happen all the time around us. They've been happening throughout history. So we see these things happening right now all around us. And yet we haven't seen the powers of the heavens shaken. But whatever the case is, whatever Jesus is referring to, he's teaching us that all of these signs are there to remind you that the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth is in fact returning. Whenever we turn on the news and read it on our phones, and when we hear about earthquakes and asteroids and tsunamis, we should immediately remember the advent of our God. We should remember that there is a God and that he is coming to judge the living and the dead. And you'll notice something here. All of these signs of the coming of the Lord are unpleasant, they're terrifying, the ground opening up beneath our feet, the oceans rushing like a wall toward us, things blowing up all around us. These are all deeply troubling, fearful, and mostly even deadly sorts of things. And you'll notice that Jesus doesn't give us a nice, pleasant sign in the clouds or a gentle breeze or butterflies landing on our arms or shoulders or something like that. They're all quite scary. They're nerve-wracking. Now, all of this stuff about the world falling apart, Jesus returning, and everything coming to an end, none of that is the weird part. I get that. (laughs) That... Makes sense to me. That's a judgment for sin, right? The weird part is this. After saying that all of these things are happening and are going to happen, Jesus says something counterintuitive, something odd, something weird, something completely contrary to your expectation. He says, now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads. Because your redemption is drawing near. Did you get that? (laughs) Our natural inclination is to see these things and run away as fast as we can to get anxious, to get nervous, to bury our heads in the sand. But Jesus says, when you see these things, don't do it. Rather, you straighten up, you lift up your head, and you rejoice because you are about to be redeemed. So strange. Our dear Lord says to us, when these horrible things begin to happen, we should grow excited. When we get news of an earthquake or a tsunami or a hurricane or a tornado, we're supposed to be filled with joy and a feeling of expectation that our eyes are about to be filled with hope. This is absolutely crazy. This is one of the strangest things I've heard Jesus say. If the world hears this, they're going to think we're just a bunch of crazy psychos gathering together. People who get excited and some sort of delight at disaster in this world. It's it's absurd. And yet, I admit that just as this is completely bizarre and it's something I've struggled with, I think how... Practically and in actuality in reality, are we supposed to be happy and excited and joyful when the world we're standing on is falling to pieces? So I have to admit that uh, I didn't really understand or see how any of this was a good thing until our dear brother Luther explained it in a way that I could understand in a sermon he preached on this very text. He put a picture in my mind that makes such perfect sense that I can't get out of it. I couldn't sleep last night without thinking of this. I couldn't read this text. I don't think I'm ever going to get rid of this image. So here's the picture. Imagine that you are in a big castle, which is being surrounded by a massive, powerful formidable army with all of their weapons, and they're encroaching around this castle ready to strike. And everyone in this castle is running around in a panic, wondering what to do, trying to find a hiding place. They're ducking their heads in distress and in trepidation, and everyone is screaming and running around. It's absolute chaos. You look out the window, and you see the cannons aimed right at the castle. And then they start to blow. And these cannonballs start to smash against the walls of the castle. And the whole thing begins to shake down to its foundations. And when that starts happening, people are even more panicked. They're screaming and running around, shouting out, what are we going to do? And then, of course, you are in that castle with them. You see all of this happening. And you, too, would be afraid unless... Unless you were in the castle's dungeon as a prisoner and that fearful army encroaching is the army of your king who is coming specifically to save you. As you look out that window, you see that it is your king who is coming with all of his army to tear down those walls, to break you out of the prison, to cut off your chains, and to bring you back home. So now, now everything has changed. And now every time a cannon crashes against the walls of the castle, every time you see the foundations shake and the walls crack, the chains rattle, the dust rains down from you on the ceiling, you're going to say to yourself, oh, that was a bad one. But at the same time, you're going to be filled with hope and joy and anticipation. With every crash and creak that you hear, you look up to walls of the the dungeon, which are dark and black, waiting for the moment that they crack open. So that the light of the sun pours in through every gap in the walls, every split in the rocks. You wait for the moment those dungeon walls crumble to pieces so you can see the light of day again. And you see your king's face who has moved an entire army, his entire kingdom, to come and save you from the prison, to free you forever, to bring you home. That, dear saints, is what the Lord Jesus Christ is teaching us today. And this is how we should anticipate his coming and the end of the world. We are prisoners, captive in the kingdom of the devil, the prince of this world. But our king, the Lord, is coming to save us. He is coming to break that kingdom open, to tear apart this veil of tears, to put an end to the wickedness and the cruelty of sin and guilt and death and the devil forever. Our king is coming to free us. From this kingdom for his kingdom, that this kingdom is falling apart to take us back to his, which will endure forever. When the economy hits rock bottom, when nations declare war on one another, when terrorists run around unhinged, when homes and countries are destroyed, when all of these disasters begin to happen around us, people faint with fear at what's going on. Don't you put your head down. And don't you grow weary or faint. You just lift up your head and remember that your redemption, your freedom, your joy, your peace, your bliss, your end to every trouble, your God himself is drawing near and he will save you. Just as the trees bloom in their season, so too when you see these things taking place, you know that the season of eternal life is near. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So what do you do in the meantime while all of this is going on around you, before he returns? Listen to what he says, starting in verse 34. He says, watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So why is Jesus saying this? How does this go together with what we heard before? Well, think about it. The absolute worst thing that could happen to you is that when Jesus the King returns to save you, he finds you not as a prisoner of this world and the devil, but a citizen of it. The worst thing would be that when Christ is tearing down the kingdom of this world, he finds you not rejoicing at his arrival, but in misery and anguish and fear and unbelief, self-indulging in that kingdom, incoherent and drowning yourself in whatever addiction and the cares of this life. If this is the case, then you won't delight when your Lord shows his face. That's why Jesus wants to wake you up with these words here today. Since you know that this earth and everything in it is passing away, don't you cling to anything in this world more than you do the Word of God. Don't you cling to your bed or your rest and sleep, your leisure, your entertainment, your job, your possessions, your money, or anything else more than you do the word of God. If you feel yourself clinging to anything, repent and put God's word first and then fast from it. Cut yourself off from it. Give it up. Learn to live without it, even if you have to force yourself to, because whether you like it or not, one day you will have to. It will pass away, so make sure you don't pass away with it. So give it up before it's pride out of your hands. Naked you came into this world, naked you will leave. Furthermore, don't cling to your pride and your ego, your reputation, or your sin, or yourself more than God's word. Let God's word be right and you be wrong. Now is not the time to be stubborn and hard-hearted. You have nothing to prove. You are a poor, miserable sinner as you confessed in the service, stuck in this world ruled by the devil. The best way to pledge your allegiance to God and his kingdom is to confess that you are not part of this kingdom, that you are indeed a sinner and that you want to be freed by his forgiveness. So stop clinging to your sin, whatever it is. Admit it and confess it. Say what you did is wrong, that it was sinful, filthy, dirty, wicked, that you're ashamed of it. And then in place of holding on to yourself, hold on to Jesus. And finally, pray. When you see the world ending all around you, it is not your place to grow depressed, dejected, To become all cynical and bitter or fall into despair when these things go down. And it's not given to you to lose your hope or faith or joy because of these things. All of the destruction is supposed to happen. It's required to happen when your dear Lord comes to retrieve you, when he comes to redeem you and break you free. Instead of falling into despair and being anxious over the end, pray. Look out through the window of this prison and pray that your dear Lord comes soon. You have nothing to fear, Zion. Because as things get worse, Christ comes closer and closer. Your redemption draws near. Because the God who is coming to judge you is the same God who bled unto death for you. The God who is coming to destroy this world is is the same God who is coming to save you from it, to make a new heaven and a new earth from you, who will take away the sin that he has forgiven from you forever. And when that day comes, for every cleft, for every rupture in the castle walls of this world, you straighten up, you raise your head, and you know that your redemption is drawing near. Soon, soon you will see your Maker. Soon you will see your king, who will save you and wipe away every tear from your eyes. Amen. Hear the words of this hymn. So God shall from all evil forever make us free. From sin and from the devil, from all adversity. From sickness, pain and crying. From gloom, regret and fears. From sorrow and from sighing. And wipe away our tears. All glory to the Father whose holy name we bear. And to his Son, our brother, whose day is drawing near. When by his Holy Spirit, to whom all glory be, he'll raise us to inherit his heaven full and free. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. And in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.